This is episode 140 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're talking about back pain and really any chronic pain that you may be experiencing. And I'm going to share with you a game changing approach. Stay tuned. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. I have created an audio training entitled How to Change Any eating habit, specifically the one that is sabotaging you, three strategy to create the consistency and confidence you need to change your eating habit without willpower or discipline. I did this in order to help women like yourself engage with food in a completely different perspective so that they stop craving, overeating, binging, and using food to feel better. You can put an end to the cycle of frustration, the all-or-nothing mindset, and shame towards your own body and become a motivated, consistent, focused, and self-loving version of yourself. This free audio training is about the why we eat, how we eat, so that the what we eat can be easy, effortless, and pleasurable. So if you are ready to step into the new version of yourself so that you can change how you interact with food, head over to stephaniedodzie.com slash training right now. Hey, ladies, welcome into this miraculous episode. This is going to be life-changing for those of you who are suffering with pain. This is a follow-up to episode 138 in which I share the things that I'm afraid to tell you. And one of them was my journey with back pain. And I spent almost a year on the couch, working from the couch. Like you guys would have not known because my website was still running. I was still podcasting. But the only place that I could do it without pain was sitting on my couch. So I spent a year there and it was so crazy that I couldn't even do the dishes without sitting on a school. I was in such severe pain all the time. And today, I walked six kilometers this morning without any pain. How did that happen? It happened because I read the book from the gentleman we're going to interview today, Steve Ozanich. Steve is the author of The Great pain, deception, faulty medical advice that are making us worse. And Steve has spent 16 years researching and writing and working with hundreds of pain and fatigue sufferer in collaboration with MD. And he wrote this book that will 
blow your mind on where pain, chronic pain comes from. And it changed me, my own perception of pain, and it allowed me to not be in pain anymore. It allowed me to be able to work from my office, be able to walk, be able to plan trips because I could finally be able to move. So I'm very excited about the potential for some of you to see this as a solution to healing your pain. Now, I have to warn you, what we're going to talk about today, what I did to heal my pain is likely going to shock you. It's going to likely for some of you make you shut down this episode halfway through because you're going to say this is BS. It's impossible, right? I was in the same place. I have owned the book of Steve for nearly three years, read it one complete time, half a time, a second time, and it's not until the third time that I actually accepted and embodied what he was teaching in his book to get to a point where I wasn't in pain anymore. So I realize that some of you will have that reaction and know that I've planted a seed and when you're ready, you're ready to take in this information and go buy the book or read the book or implement it, come back to this episode. For those of you that are going to see this information and they're going to say, oh my God, I've suffered so much. I'm ready for anything and I want to try this. You got to listen till the end. It has the power to change your life and by healing your pain, you will eat less because a lot of our healing of our pain or numbing of our pain to make ourselves feel better is eating. I did that. I did that for that year and gained easily 40 pounds from eating away my pain because I was refusing to accept where my pain was coming from. So as always with anything that I do, my purpose with this podcast is to avoid. You have to go that far with pain. I want you to not have to suffer the way that I did by presenting this information to you. But I'm totally conscious that it's not going to work for everyone. But if it does work for you, please let me know. So if you're ready to hear this information on how you can heal your chronic pain, no matter what it is, knee pain, shoulder pain, low back pain. I have a scoliosis, guys. I have a curvature in my spine from L1 to L4, two herniated discs, steniosis, arthritis, and I was able to do it. So if you're ready, let's do this and let's start this interview. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. It is a bit surreal for me to have you on the show today because I have been in a relationship with you for the last two years through your book. And I've linked in the show note to the book. Steve is the author of The Great Pain Deception. It's been on my nightstand for two years. Ah, very nice. It's good to be in this relationship. It's good <laughs> to finally meet you. you know, my, my best friend says, you're the only guy in the world that tries to get women out of bed. That's what you did for me. You got me back walking. Yeah, and that's what I want. I want to get people up living again. 
And the book has changed how I interact with my pain. So I've shared in the last episode how I've been suffering through pain in my left legs and my hip, which I always thought to be because of a scoliosis that I have in between lumbar one and lumbar three, in which I believe was driving the pain in my body. And I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on chiropractor and osteopath and all kinds of things trying to relieve the pain from my body. And it got so bad two years ago that I spent a whole year on my couch working from the couch because I could not even stand for more than two minutes in a row was so bad. And this book was beside me this whole time on my nightstand. And for some reason, about six months ago, I reread it a third time and it clicked in. And I just went out and started walking. And now I walk six, eight, 10 kilometers a day with barely any pain. You know, I wrote that book for you. Thank you very much. It's been my story, and that's why I wanted to bring Steve here, because when we did a survey for the podcast and asking you, the listener, what causes you and your belief around why you're using food to numb your emotion, chronic pain came into second. So what Steve's going to talk to us about today is what his perspective and Dr. Sarno, which is the mentor of Steve on pain. And I want you to stay open-minded because it's quite different than what we hear anywhere. But the first question I have for Steve is, how did you came to write this book? Okay. The elevator story here, the quick (laughs) synopsis is that uh, I was in pain for 30 years. Wow. It's mostly back pain, but I had different other pains because they're all the same. We're going to find out that they're all the same, just like the eating thing and the drinking thing and the addictions and the sleeping things. And it doesn't matter. This Dr. Sarno that you just mentioned changed the world forever with his brilliant observations and his courage. He was courageous. Now, most people don't believe it, what we're going to talk about, but it works virtually every single time. It's true. And so the truth shifts very slowly in people, you know, because people are by nature cynical because we've seen so many things that weren't true at some point. And then when something comes along that says, here's almost a panacea. You immediately reject it because I, you read my book. I rejected this. Me too, for two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought he was crazy. I threw his book when I first read it. I thought he was insane. And now I teach his work around the world. And so what we're going to talk about is true. You know, if you don't want to believe it, you have to ask yourself why you don't want to accept the truth or don't want to get better. And there are many different reasons for that. It's very complex and varying. But this is true. I was in pain for 30 years, mostly back pain. And of course, I was told the same thing that everyone else is told. It's too weak. Your back is too weak, you know. And I kept thinking about that. My back is too weak. You know, I was a bodybuilder. I was benching 320 and squatting 410. And my friends who weren't doing anything but smoking and drinking had no back pain. (laughs) You know, really, my back is weak. And then, of course, herniations, that's the number one misnomer out there, one of the greatest myths in medical history. It's not true. Herniated discs do not cause back pain. You know, the brain will use those sometimes to focus on. But anyway, I was taught at everything and I tried everything, chiropractic and acupunctures and strengthening my core and hanging upside down like a bat (laughs) on my feet. 
And it got so bad in the late 1990s that I was almost dead. I was almost dead. I lost 54 pounds at that point. I couldn't eat anymore. And my left leg was paralyzed completely. I had to drag it around for almost a year. No reflexes, no muscle, nothing, just drop foot. And then right before I had the final surgery consult, I heard about this Dr. Sarno that you mentioned at NYU. And I thought, well, I'm going to try anything to get out of this surgery. And so I read it and I thought it was stupid, you know, because I had seen my MRI. I had seen my stenosis. I had seen my arthritis. I had seen the scoliosis. I had seen all of that. But desperation breeds open minds. And I was afraid of the surgery because I'd never seen it work in anybody that I had known. And so I read it and read it until I got so bad that I really focused on it. And then it began to break through. Like you said, it broke through on the third time, right? Well, his writing was so sincere and genuine. You know, you could tell he wasn't doing it to try to make money. He just wanted to help people. And it all made sense to me. And of course, the main focus of this and your work, I'm sure, is always personality. He identified the personality that was suffering from pain the most. And that's what kept drawing me in. The perfectionism, the goodism, the anxiety, the worrying, and that things like that, responsibility. And so I read on and on, and my defense shields broke down, and I finally accepted it, and I healed after 30 years. And so people began emailing me, calling me, help me, you know, help me with this. Can you help me? And I started to tell them what I did, and they were healing. And so they kept saying, you should write this down. Write it down, you know? And so I decided to do it, you know, write it down. And it took 10 years to write that book, The Great Pain Deception, that you were holding up. And I've gotten maybe 35,000 emails since it came out saying that they'd healed or changed their life. But I, I believe it's triple that because people hand the book off to other people, their family members, and they start to heal. So I have no idea, really. But it's been extremely rewarding. And my goal is to spread this message that Dr. Sarno started. He died last fall. And I promised him I would carry his message on. And I'm doing that with you right now. Well, I thank you for that. And that's one thing that I want the listener to hear is Dr. Sarno, who found this truth. It's not about making money, because as we get into this, there's no gimmick, there's no product behind this. It's us who has to do the work. And Dr. Sarno did not publicize this finding. And that's you who's doing that on his behalf. So I really want you guys to see through that it's not a gimmick. It's not like you have to take a whole bunch of supplements. It's you doing the work. And we'll get into that with Steve. But thank you for writing this book, because I don't know that many people would have heard of Dr. Sarno's work. Yeah, I mean, he's becoming more popular now as the internet's here. And in Hollywood, his name's going through there like crazy. I'm working with a bunch of actors right now in Hollywood. You know, he's catching on. Yes. But yeah, my book is a supplement to his work. He sent me an email one time. He said, Steve, you humanized my work. Absolutely. And that's what I did. I took all four of his books and I intertwined them into my story. Yes. And it's working. It's working. Anybody that wants to feel better, Pay very close attention to what you and I are going to talk about right here. So let's get into it. Let's get into what is this work? What is what we know as TMS? And you'll break it down for us. Let's get into what it is. Like, what is the solution to this chronic pain problem that society, us, you and me and the listener are in right now? Sure. Well, TMS is the key. You know, I always told Dr. Sarno that was his E equals MC squared. 
you know, where Einstein figured out the universe in this little teeny small equation. Well, he figured out virtually all of our health problems and put them into this little phrase TMS. And I mean, you know, it does sound crazy if you start to say, you know, nothing's that good. Nothing can answer all of it, but it almost does. The only thing it doesn't answer are those things like that are very mysterious to us, things like Tay-Sachs disease and Huntington's disease. They keep mutating through from the mother to the child and the father to the child. But then once again, once you get into understanding of consciousness, then you realize that that's already answered too, you know, because it's an illusion at some point at birth and the death at this point. And so, but when we talk strictly about health here, this thing called TMS, it started out as a phrase called tension myositis syndrome. He had noticed early on, by the way, he was the director of the Howard Rusk Institute Outpatient Center at New York University Medical Center, which was a very prestigious position. And he had noticed nothing he did for his back pain patients worked. You know, surgery, therapy, he said it was terrible. So he began looking deeper like a good doctor. And he began talking with the people. And that's when it all began to shift. He looked at their records again. And he said, wait a minute. These people that have back pain also have allergies and eating disorders and anxiety and skin problems. You know, and so in talking with them, he noticed the trending characteristics of their personalities. They were goodists. You know, they wanted to make people happy. They worried. They were a little bit more anxious than the average person. All the way to the point of perfectionism. And that was the word that hooked me because I, I was a perfectionist, you know, and, and right now I'm a recovering perfectionist, like a recovering alcoholic. I'm, a, I'm in RA or whatever. <laughs> so at that point, he noticed when he began to explain to them that it was their worrying and their OCD-like behavior that was causing them to be very angry at an unconscious level that they were not aware of. And so when people say, oh, I'm not angry, they're still not getting it. You will never be aware of it, okay? You are experiencing the anger through the pain, through the skin problems, through the eating disorder, through the alcoholism, through the drug addiction. Carl Jung would say, you have disowned it. You know, because it does not fit in with the acceptable way that you want to see yourself in society. And so you will never feel it. And so people reject the notion right off the bat. Oh, no, I... I know everything that's going on. No, you don't. You do not. Everyone carries a shadow, Jung said, and we are just not aware of it, you know. And so once he started to explain, once Dr. Sarno started explaining to his patients, this is what's going on, he was amazed to find them healing right in front of him. And he said, well, what's going on here? He sat back. He called it knowledge therapy. He said, knowledge is the penicillin to this disorder. And I've had it happen to me, too, on Skype consultations Many years of back pain will disappear when I'm talking to them or in person. They've driven into Ohio to talk to me and over dinner and it's disappeared, whether it's fibromyalgia, it doesn't matter. Now, that's those are the rare cases. It doesn't happen normally like that. Normally, you have to go through the iterations like you did. You read it again and read it again. Let it sink into the cynical mind a little deeper. And on rare occasions, more rare occasions, people will need some therapy because there's some serious serious things going on sometimes. You know, childhood trauma is really what it is. You know, I can take, no matter who's listening to this, or who, who is following you, I can go back into their childhood and we can identify some things, you know, characteristics, the relationship with the parents, of course, 
And of course, any any siblings that come along, Dr. McKenzie taught me, those also begin to share in the dynamic for attention and love and all that. And so it gets very complex on the psychological end of it, but it doesn't have to be on the healing end. You can heal instantly. I've seen it. You know, and from many, many different things, people have healed from stage four cancer with this information from multiple sclerosis. I've had people tell me the spots in their brain begin disappearing. Their strength begin coming back. Parkinson's, things like that. Now, once again, not everybody, but it does show it's possible. It's possible. Now, as far as the pain side of things, virtually everybody does heal, you know, but there's a huge caveat here. You have to accept the fact that there's nothing wrong with your body. And almost nobody will do that. You know, they see the MRI, they see a herniation, and the pain may be right at the herniation. It may be, but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it's on the other side. You know, sometimes it's a level above or below, but the physician will blame it on that herniation, even though it has nothing to do with that herniation. As a matter of fact, there's a rabbi on YouTube right now. It's a great, great testimonial. He was talking about Dr. Sarno. He said, my surgeon said my back was so bad that I would become paralyzed if I didn't get immediate surgery. And so he said, that scared him, of course. Who you know, would scare anybody? So he went to another one. And the guy said, oh, it's fragmented off. It's broken off. Your disc is fragmented, broken off. You need immediate surgery. You're going to be paralyzed. So he went to another. And then he ended up with a chiropractor said, I cannot help you. This is serious. And I've heard the same story. You know, fragmented, broken off. You're going to be paralyzed. Then he said, I heard about this Dr. Sarno. He said, I was so desperate to avoid surgery that I said, oh, all right. I'll go even see him, even though it sounds crazy. He goes in there, he takes his MRIs, and he said, I knew what Dr. Sarno was going to say. You need immediate surgery. Yours is bad. And he said, he looked at my MRIs and he said, son, there is absolutely nothing wrong with your back. And he said, by that point, I, I even knew what was going on from all the other doctors. So I said, Dr. Sarno, don't you see the fragmented broken disc and the, the herniations and the stenosis? And he said, Dr. Sarno told me, I can show you a thousand people with that same MRI with no back pain. And so he went to his group lectures, he said, and very cynical. And two days later, he was pain-free. And that was 23 years ago, he said. He's never come back. He didn't have to do anything. As you alluded to earlier on, there's no products. There's no marketing of anything. It's all about awareness, becoming aware of who you are, how you're not reacting to life, how you're reacting to life. That is the healing mechanism, or as I like to say, light. You know, light is the healer here. You are your own healer. So yes. I can now in my head see the listener and like there, some of them are probably like I was offended. Like, what do you mean? Like, I've seen the x-ray, I got the diagnosis, I know I have a herniated disc, or I know I have arthritis in my knee. Like, I'm not imagining this. Like, what would you say to those people right now? Like, explain it in a maybe in a different way for them to like get it or see it from a different perspective. And you went, you went right to the heart of the problem is the most destructive force in our lives is ego. As, it, as Wayne Dyer used to say, ego means edging God out, you know? And here I mean God is love or truth, right? God is love and truth. And so that's the thing. We're not telling people they're imagining their symptoms here. On the contrary, Dr. Sarno said, 
And remember, he practiced for five decades, 50 years in New York. He saw probably more pain patients than any doctor that ever lived, you know, because he retired right around 90 years old. And he said it was the most painful thing he'd ever seen in clinical medicine. That's a powerful statement. We're not saying you're imagining it. We're just saying that your brain is using these changes. You know, it's looking at the arthritis in your hip, but it's looking at the tears in your knee meniscus and your rotator cuff tears and all that. And it's, it's attacking those changes. It's not coming from those changes. This is a radical change, a radical transformation in understanding. And he started it. And it, I see people healing every single day, every single day. So what you're saying is our body uses the physical damage, the herniated disc, the arthritis in the knee, and uses the pain associated with that to give us a message? Is that, that's a way of explaining it? Exactly. And, and to distract. Yeah. We live in a dualistic turmoil that Yogananda called it a dualistic turmoil. You know, anytime we think we immediately divide the world in half, into two things, you know, instead of just being like the Buddha said, just be. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately what we're, where we're going here in healing is our, we have to get to the thinking process to stop it. <laughs> you know, it's to stop it, you know, without thinking there's no stress in the world. There's no tension at all, but to stick with TMS so that the listeners understand here, the body goes through these chain, natural changes you know, shoulder, knee, back, all that. These are all natural. And this is his discovery. You know, it's part of being a human. But when your brain is overwhelmed with demands and doesn't like what it sees in its life, doesn't like where it's at in its life, it needs a diversion. So it diverts your mind to your body to keep you obsessed on your physical body. Now, if it's not your physical body, it could be eating and drinking's, you know, drug addiction, workaholism, sexual promiscuity, gambling. It doesn't matter what it is. Those things are all obsessions, addictions, and they're, they're designed to do one thing, to keep you escaping where you're at right now in your life because you don't like what you see. It's that simple. It's learned behavior, by the way. You weren't, like the Buddha said, you weren't born blind. You know, society made you blind and the parents, you know, kind of what Dr. Sarno called Subtle abuse, subtle abuse. He saw, you know, saying things like, "Well, you know, you got an A minus. Why didn't you get an A plus? A second place trophy. Why didn't you get a first place trophy?" Or outright abuse, I guess, could be one reason. I deal with those people. Adopted children have a very high pain rate and things like that. It's all about this notion of separation, of course, not making this beautiful, harmonious, loving connection early on. And then at that point, the person begins to develop into something other than what they really are. And they keep trying to escape because they don't love themselves. It's that simple. And I want to unpack that for the listener. For us, many of us have been shamed with our body when we're young, too big, too small, whatever, around our body. So what Steve is explaining is relating to our pattern of the thinking we're enough. And then we develop this distorted relationship to food and, or we over obsess about food and food quality or even our body image. Right. And it's a good point. And that could begin in the family with the mother father and society also comes along and shames and guilt. But 
We need to rise above that, move beyond that to self-love. If you love yourself, people can criticize you all day and it won't affect you at all. It's that you don't love yourself at some point. And that, you know, Louise Hay talked about that all the time. When she died a couple months after Dr. Sarno did last fall, and she said, you know, all the people I've ever worked with in my career, which was 70 years, she said there was always a level of self-hatred in them. And it's learned behavior. You know, we are born with our eyes open, pure love, pure love at that point. And so we learn not to like ourselves. And so what do we do? Well, there's many different paths you can take. I quote Karen Horney's work a lot. She was a contemporary of Freud's. She wrote a few good books on our inner conflicts and neurotic personality. And she said there, there are different paths that the child will take. And the most common one is the TMS personality, which we call a type T in this business, type T for tension, okay? The perfectionist goodest. The most common one she identified was the compliant personality. She said that, that, which means, you know, you'll go along, you'll do what everybody wants, you'll be nice, you'll never take a stance against them. And so we end up not even knowing who we are at some point, you know, just living for other people. But then there's the aggressive side, she said, you can take. You know, just do the opposite, the black sheep in the family. That's how they, they deal with life. And then the third one was to become unassailable, she said, which means to achieve at high levels. If I just get a lot of money, a lot of houses and all of this, then surely nobody can criticize me. Well, it doesn't work either because they're still going to criticize, you know. So we need to get past that about what people think about us and to doing the inside work. Because like you said, this is all about the self-healing. Nobody on the outside can heal you. If you had surgery on your, if anybody is listening here and you say, oh, that's wrong. I had back surgery and it worked or shoulder surgery and knee surgery. It did not work. <laughs> I'm telling you now, the placebo trials that are coming out are proving it every single time. Your belief that it worked healed you. Nothing else. The doctors are not doing anything. Now, when it comes to reconstructing something to mechanically function, of course, like if your knee is worn out and it's the ball joint no longer works or something, then they're great as far as, you know, grafting and things like that. But as far as getting rid of the pain, it is not working. And the, my favorite one is still last year's study that came out on the fake pain pill. I don't know if you read about it or not. No, go for it. They did this Ted Kapchuk. He's the world's leader in studying placebos at Harvard. And let's try this fake pain pill. And so they went to the people in the study and they said, you know, this, see this pill here? It's fake. It can do no good for you whatsoever. And he said they went out of their way to label the jars that, so that everybody in the clinical trial would see it with placebo real big on it. And it was nearly 40% of the people got better. And, of course, the scientists began to scramble to say, all right, what's going on here? Well, if you know from reading my great pain deception book, the central theme of my book is connection, human connection. In the human heart. Well, that's what they concluded, that it was the connection with the scientists that began to heal them, because love is the answer, is the answer. And I've been doing this work almost 20 years now, and I can clearly see that all this suffering is coming from loneliness. Wow. Loneliness. No, the sensation. We, in some way, we isolate ourselves because of our belief of not being good enough, and that amps up the fear and the pain? 
Well, and the, the lack of love, the lack, lack of, of self-love. And, well, you know, Alan Watts always said that we suffer in the West of the world because we are isolated human beings, mm-hmm. which is right. And this is, it's just kind of a false notion that we are. No matter how we feel that, this isolation, loneliness, this disconnect causes deep rage. <laughs> that, this is where Dr. McKenzie revolutionized my understanding of Dr. Sarno's work. He's an American psychiatrist around the Philadelphia area. And I contacted him. He was a very sweet man. He helped me understand all about TMS deeper. He's the world's leading guru on separation. Hmm. He studied it his whole psychiatric career, whether it's in the laboratory or in human beings. Whenever we feel helpless and not attached to somebody that we love and depend on and need there and to feel safe, safety is a big part of this. The result is rage every time. Rage and pain, which then leads to that chronic pain TMS process into the body. Yeah, and remember, before you go on there, rage is pain. You know, yes. Think of your back pain, think of your food thing, think of your alcoholism, think of it as rage, but you never will feel it because you've disowned it. It's unconscious. And unconsciously, in that what we call in my world the subconscious mind where our self-sabotaging behavior comes in, the body then hooks on to those old scar in your body and creates the pain. Childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. So I want to come back to something you quickly mentioned, which is the personality type. We have a lot in our audience of women that use food to numb emotional, physical pain. And one of the common denominator is either two things. Well, which is can be summed up the same thing. Type A personality and also perfectionist. But I want to get into the personality type in relationship to physical body condition. So type A is that, I think it was discovered by a cardiologist, right? Yeah, that's Rosamond and Friedman discovered it in 1950. And in 1960, they gave a speech on it that shocked the world. Which is the personality that's associated with our condition. And then there's a personality type in your world. Can you go a little bit about that and explain people? Yes. Yeah, and that's still, once again, basically Dr. Sarno's brilliant observations. I'm just a messenger yeah. here, right? That he said the type A, you know, ha- has all the heart problems. It was a, it was just a revolution when Rosamond Friedman identified that. And it was actually one of their secretaries. She said she noticed that they jumped up off the chairs. They were always looking at their watches when in, in the in their office. And it, they actually were wearing out the handles on the chairs where they were gripping them with their fingers. And the front edges of the seats were more worn off because they never sat back and relaxed. They were always on the front edge. And they had to keep reupholstering the chairs of the heart patients more. <laughs> and so it was her, really, that got it going. But Dr. Sarno said the chronic pain sufferer, the trouble eating and things like that, they're, they're a little bit different. He noticed that they do not have heart problems very often. They have these skin problems and, you know, irritable bowel and bladder and a frequent urination and hives, a lot of allergies and things like that. And we don't know why, maybe a different part of the brain, it doesn't really matter. But he never called it a type T, but we did after the type T for tension, which is a goodest perfectionistic personality. There's also a type C that I, I wrote an article for the New York Times recently, and it, it, it's a cancer personality that was identified by Lawrence LaShawn in 1964. They're very obsequious, he said, often apologizing to everyone around them for getting sick. 
So it's almost a type T on steroids, you know, the cancer is not. So the type T creates tension in their body. Is that what it is? Yes. And remember, there can be no tension in the physical body without stress in the mind. Mm-hmm. First. And so I remember reading a section of the book, and I can't remember exactly which one, that I think was explaining that TMS in relationship to the body where that tension was creating a lack of oxygen to the different part of the, the body that created pain. Is that right? right. And that's what Dr. Sarno hypothesized early on that the brain to try to distract you from what you don't want to see, you know, it makes you forces you to obsess on your physical body so that you can be distracted away from what your mind's eye doesn't like and seeing in its current environment right now. And he believed that the mechanism was that the brain would subtly reduce the blood flow to certain nerves and muscles and tendons so that it would create a painful effect. So you would have to be riveted. Your consciousness would be riveted to that. Now, if sometimes it's riveted on eating, you know, and I have, I mean, I don't know if you saw in my appendices in that book, I was mentioning Oprah Winfrey's example, Bob Green was her personal trainer. And he said, now that I've got Oprah to stop running to the refrigerator, every time she gets stressed out, she's developing neck spasms and back spasms. And that's right. And that's Dr. Sarno's symptom imperative phenomenon, which should have won a Nobel Prize in medicine. He noted, you know, it's these shoulder problems, knees, stomach, skin, eating. It's not different problems. It's all one problem. It's your brain trying to distract you. And I've had people tell me, you know, I quit drinking after 30 years, you know, alcoholics, severe alcoholics. And within one day, they develop severe stomach pains and migraines and things like that, because the brain still needs a distraction. What's fascinating with this whole tension thing for me, and I'll share my experience with that, because I'm a yogi as well. And the reason why I became interested in yoga at first was not from the spiritual aspect of it, was from pain management, because I was told that by stretching my hips and my leg, I would have less pain. And here's what happened in over the last year and a half when the pain got so bad that I couldn't move from the couch, I could barely stretch because I couldn't even move to my yoga mat to like stretch. And that's when things got better. Because I didn't pay attention to the pain and try to avoid it by stretching. And I know this is counterintuitive to many people, but by stretching it, I was numbing it. I was refusing to be with it. Yeah. And, you know, of course, he would always say, if you want to heal, stop doing everything you're doing. And And when that happened, I remember a portion of your book where you talked about you golfing And I think you were stretching or you were in a car trying to combat the pain in your back when you were going golfing. I'm like, that's the solution is trying to not avoid the pain, but be with the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Jung said, what you resist persists. Yes. And that's true for just about anything, except that you're not happy, except the pain, except the way things are, and you begin to dilute it. And it begins to fade. It has no more reason. It's your fighting that keeps magnifying it. And your attempts at trying to heal it. You know, I, I've always said in my experience that the number one mistake in healing is trying to heal. That's the number one mistake. Because that's what your brain wants. Do you understand? Your brain is trying to create an obsession. That's what it wants. 
so that you can run away what you don't like to see. So trying to heal is another obsession. And as soon as people stop, as soon as I can get them away from their the medical industry, they heal almost immediately. Which, and, and I don't want anyone to take this as not going to your doctor because you need to get medical advice and assessment of the situation, but... That's a great point because they have to be responsible for their health. It could be something that needs immediate attention there. Don't be irresponsible. But if you get a label, and one of the things that I've observed in my last eight years of practice is whatever condition, when we get it labeled, we then hang on to the diagnosis as a justification for us not trying to look at other possibility. That was well said. That was well said. I like that. I'm going to use that sometime. <laughs> Go for it. it. And it's it's what I deal with with food because... Women want to lose weight because of trauma in their early years or bullying, and then they go to diet, which attempts to solve the behavior at the top. And then after 10 years, they realize that doesn't work. And then they come to my world and saying, okay, so if diet doesn't work, what's the solution? Right? And they're now willing to look beyond the food behavior. Yeah, exactly. And it, do you remember the example I put in the Great Pain Deception about Michael Landon's daughter? No, go for it. The show Bonanza, mm -hmm. the famous cowboy show that was on in the 60s, 70s, early 80s. Michael Landon, the star, little Joe Cartwright, he got a divorce from his wife and the other two kids felt like he abandoned them. And he would meet them once in a while for his new family. And she started eating disorder. And the brother said, oh, wait a minute. You're trying to get mom and dad back together, aren't you? Because Michael had said something to her, an offhand comment to her, you're, you're getting fat. So she, as a little girl, started thinking, that's why he left me. And so, once again, it's all about connection. You know, whether she was consciously doing it, probably not. She didn't consciously probably realize it. But we long to be connected. We long to be loved. And if we don't have that, we will do things unconsciously. To get back there, you know, and if we can't, we just get full of rage. And of course, things get worse at that point. And so, you know, the whole idea here is to understand what's going on and then to begin to accept things the way they are. Once you accept your life the way you are and who you are, wow, what great peace comes into your heart. What the love begins to rise and, and the autonomic nervous system rebalances Blood flows again, the digestive system restores, the immune system strengthens, and things begin to fade. But as long as you're seeking mechanical answers outside your body, you're going to always struggle with your health, always. But like you said, be safe. You could have an aneurysm. I saw an aneurysm one time in a spine. You have to take care of that, you know, or something that needs immediate care. And so beyond that, you said it best right there. Go get tested. And then once you're labeled, like Dr. Sarno told me, tell them, you know, to take it with a grain of salt. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really mean anything. And I'll give you a quick example here. It's happened several times, but a guy last year said, you know, I couldn't stand on my right knee. It was so painful. And I got an MRI and it showed bone on bone, a meniscus, terrible meniscus tear and osteoarthritis. And his doctor, of course, told him you need a knee replacement. You know, they always say that. 
And so he said, I, then I found out about TMS and he said, I read Dr. Sarno's book and it didn't do anything for me. He said, I read your book and it didn't do anything for me. So he said, I knew you guys were wrong, that mine, mine was one of the needs that needed it. Everyone thinks they're the exception, of course. And he said, then I broke my ankle and my knee pain disappeared immediately and never came back. You see, now he has a greater distraction, a higher level that his brain needs to obsess on. His brain no longer needs to use those natural changes in his knee, like arthritis and bone on bone, things like that. And it never came back. And that's the genius of Dr. Sarno's work. You know, there's nothing wrong with the physical body. Your brain is using those changes. And if you think you got helped by some type of, you know, injection and all that, it, that's placebo. That's placebo. And of course, you're going to reject this too. If we are listening to this and they have a list of condition here from arthritis to ulcer to fibromyalgia to back pain, and you're at home listening to this and you're like, could this be a solution? What is the suggestion from you? What should I do if it's me? Yeah, it is the solution. Yes. You know, you have to ask yourself if you don't believe it, why I don't want to heal. That's the thing, because I rejected it too, like you rejected it. A matter of fact, I think everyone I work with has rejected it at one point because we were not ready to heal. We did not want to give up this label, this thing that we could lean on. I call it an emotional crutch. You know, we don't want to walk on our own yet. We still need it. And then, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're just not ready to heal yet. It's that simple. When you're ready, you will come back to this work at some point. And I get it every day. You know, they throw throw my book aside or Dr. Sarno's book aside. And, you know, two years later, they come back and then they heal. So when you're ready, it will happen. And so the first thing to do is, of course, get an exam. Make sure there's something that doesn't need immediate attention because your life is more important than anything else. And Dr. Sarno would sell you to do that too. Protect your life. And I think the most common one that I get is ulcers. You know, well, you're telling me to stop doing everything I'm doing. Should I stop taking my ulcer medication? No, <laughs> no. Protect your life first. But once you're safe and you're under control, begin looking at this work. And the first thing to do is to read the books. You know, it's that simple. Read his book or read my book. Read it. Understand what is going on here. And you read the books. There's all this psychology I talked about, you know, the id and the superego and the shadow and projection and shadow casting. You know, and you don't really need to know that. But for some reason, the type T is very inquisitive mind. They have to understand it. They cannot let it go. And so understand what is happening between mind and body here. And then, of course, if you're stuck, you know, I do consultations and there's other people out there doing it. If you're stuck, most people don't need to do it, but some people do. And then a small percentage will need some type of therapy, of course. But for the most part, it is the knowledge, the awareness of what is going on. And people suddenly see this light bulb over their head. Oh, wow. I've had my knee pain for 20 years or my shoulder pain because I was in a skiing accident. And the whole time I thought that I was always going to be injured. And now... This Dr. Sarno comes along and says, that healed 20 years ago. Your brain is simply latched onto that notion that there's going to be an ongoing problem there because you're TMSing now. Because your mother died, your father, or they're divorcing you. You're in a, I had a guy a few years ago walk up to me holding his hip, dragging his leg, limping. I could see him coming towards me in this restaurant. Oftentimes people will, they'll walk up. 
And he says to me, that guy over there in the corner told me that you wrote a book on back pain. And I said, yeah, when's your divorce? And he was so shocked. His mouth was open. He's staring at me. How could you know that? He said, my wife and I have not told anyone. We just decided. I said, well, it was just an educated guess based on experience. You know, somebody has died or you're getting your master's degree, your PhD, something's going on where there's great demands on you. And it's wild. You know, we talked for a while and he walked away, never asked about my book or anything. You know, you know it's like I'd simply telling them how many tens of thousands. And with Dr. Sarno's books, millions of people have healed. And they don't even want to know about it because they do not believe they're part of that. Everybody else but me is what people think. And it's the same thing for the ladies who can reflect back in the last 10 or 15 years of their life. Every time you wanted to lose weight, you kept going back to dieting because you didn't want to look internally what was driving the behavior of eating. You weren't ready. Same thing with pain. You know, they're working on the effect and not the cause. Eating's an effect, you know, exactly. pain's an effect. Bleeding from the nose is an effect, you know, these things. The cause is what's going on inside the brain, what's going on inside there. What drives the behavior, right? There's different perspective, exactly. there's story, there's trauma, but there's a reason why you have pain, reason why you eat. So if people want to take the next step with you, so you have more than this book, actually, you have a number of books you've written. Yeah, well, I wrote a second little book, a very small one. This one's a very big book. You know, it took 10 years to write it. And that's the one that's really making the waves. And the second one was just a little to honor Dr. Sarno, a pee to Dr. Sarno for saving my life. And the third one's called Back Pain Permanent Healing. It came out a couple of years ago. It actually hit number one on Amazon for a couple of days. And then I saw it couldn't hold it. I think all the people that were following me bought it and drove the ranking up. And then I watched it sliding every day. And Dr. Sarno's book went right back into number one, Healing Back Pain. It's the greatest back pain book ever written. I can't thank him enough. I told him on the phone, I said, I want to thank you for saving my life. The same way I'm thanking you today for allowing me to walk again. Well, thank you. You know, I... I told him on the phone, I said, you probably get tired of hearing it. He said, Steve, I will never get tired of hearing it. And I will never get tired of hearing it either. I know what he means. You know, I didn't do it for the praise. It feels good, though. It really feels good that I didn't waste 10 years of my life writing. And it's your life purpose, right? That's probably why you came on this planet for is to help other people with back pain. It's why I was born. It's why I was born. I now know it because I understand everyone that comes to me. I understand what you're going through because I had it. And that's what I keep saying to people for me is my own behavior with food in my own ways. I can look back now with positivity and gratefulness because it led me to be able to help you today. It's the exact same thing for you. Yes, we're being guided. Today is going exactly the way it's supposed to be going. It's our thoughts that are adding to problems. Like Lao Tzu said 2,600 years ago, your situation never causes you suffering. It's your thoughts about the situation you're in that causes all your suffering. And so that's that's basically it. But you know, I quote the Tao Te Ching, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism. It's all the same message. There's only been one love since the very beginning. There's only been one source. And the words... The words are the things that break it all up and confuse people. And the same thing with healing. They're trying to act like foot pain's different than hand pain or shoulder pain or knee pain. It's not. It's the same thing. You know, and so and which is why I'm happy that you contacted me. You know, people need to know that this eating thing is the same as back pain and migraines and alcoholism. It's identical, just a different outlet. 
Yeah, we're seeking love. Yes. That's all we're doing. Yes, because you don't love yourself. Yes. Love's already here. It's already here. You know, that's why Yogananda started self-realization centers. We were born with love. And that's what I keep saying to the women. We were born perfect and worthy. And somewhere along the way, along the path, somebody made us believe that we weren't. And now we have all those coping mechanisms because we don't think we're worthy of love. Right. And that's what the Buddha said. And he said, we're not born blind. He said, society makes us blind. And he said, anybody that knows something has an obligation to show somebody who doesn't know, to show them that eyes are possible, he said. And that society needs blind people, he said, as slaves. Just like the medical industry needs people as slaves, people that don't know what they're doing every day, going in to get scopes and injections and all this. They do not need it. Now, I mean, you have to look at each person individually, of course. There might be that really odd anomaly, which can happen. Unfortunately, everyone thinks that they're the anomaly and they're not. But, you know, I always use the same example. I was watching the Discovery Channel one day and there was a woman on there who was her own twin. She had two sets of DNA inside of her. Now, so nature can give us anything weird and it's possible. But chances are anyone listening to this, almost impossible that, that there's something wrong with their body. But you still need to go check it out, you know. And in that article I was telling you about that I wrote on the personalities, I was citing that the New York Times article on these people with split personalities. You know, they have these dual personalities. And in one personality, they're a diabetic. And in the other personality, they're not. In one personality, they have allergies. And in the next personality, they do not. So we know it's not the physical body. It's the personality. It is the mind. And that's a great way to wrap it up. So I invite every listener to either go to Amazon and to type in the great pain deception or to go to the show note, stephaniedozy.com slash 140, get the link, get Steve's website and read it and see if it sits with you because the answer to your pain could be as simple as reading the book. It could be. It could be. Thank you very much, Steve, for being with us today. Well, thank you for your patience and keeping on me because <laughs> I wanted to talk to you. So I appreciate it. Thank you. So there you have it. What do you think? If you're still with me, good for you. You did not shut down this episode until the end. And I'm so proud of you. You're doing way better than I did three years ago. So get in touch with Steve. Go buy his book. Pass this information on to someone else in your life that is suffering. As you can imagine, this information is not what most doctors will give as a solution when you present yourself with chronic pain, right? So it's our duty, all of us together, to share this information with the loved one in our life that needs it. So share this episode, buy the book, read it, share it, apply it. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you on how this episode helped you and how it will impact your own pain. Now, we've got a great show coming up on the next episode, next Thursday. We're going to talk about some kind of variation on pain pain that we're inflecting ourselves. So the pain is I just need to be tougher on myself and I would be able to resolve my eating behavior. Is that you? Do you think that if you were quote unquote tougher with yourself, you wouldn't have binging, eating, overeating and life would be fine? If that's you, you got to stay tuned for the next episode. I love you ladies and I'm looking forward to hang out with you on the next episode. 
My first diet was at 14 years old. I spent years trying to figure out what was the right diet for me, the right quantity of food to eat, when to eat it. What's worse is that I was seeing the same in my patients. I struggle with craving, overeating on healthy food, emotional eating and binging no matter what diet I was on. Keto, paleo, organic, whole food, nothing was stopping it. No one spoke about struggling and I felt so alone and broken. And you may be feeling the same. Maybe you're thinking the more restriction has to be the solution. If only I could be tougher with myself. I wouldn't crave and have those urges. And if it doesn't stop right now, where are you going to end up? You see, what most struggling women never ever realize is that your relationship to food is simply a reflection to your relationship with yourself. Sadly, most people rely on outdated strategy like restriction, dieting, willpower, and discipline, and they think, That is the solution. Things like black and white mindset, diet pills, or cheat days to control their urges. But you and I both know that being a normal eater is nothing but that. So that's why I want to peel back the curtain and show you exactly how I have changed my relationship to food and how I teach my student to stop overeating, binging, and emotional eating to move to food freedom. And quite frankly, it's different from anything you've ever heard before. I have created an audio training program entitled How to Change Any Eating Habit, specifically the one that is sabotaging you. And inside of that training, I'll show you the three strategies that I use and that I teach that create consistency and confidence that you need to change your eating habit without willpower and discipline. Plus, I'll coach you on specific exercise you need to do in order to implement these strategies successfully in your own life. In order to help women like yourself engage with food in a completely different perspective so that you can stop craving, overeating, binging, and using food to feel better. So if you are ready to step into a new version of yourself that can change permanently the relationship to food that you have right now, head over to stephaniedozie.com slash training. And I'll see you on the other side.